Hey folks, this is Graham Brown. You're listening to Sounds of Our City, episode number three. Today we're doing something different, a new city, a new format. If you're enjoying the journey, this ever-evolving adventure into the cities of Asia, then please follow us on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and a few others as well. If you want to find out where we are and get the links, then go to soundsofourcity.com. You can check out the links to your favorite podcast platform and follow us there. So today we're heading to Kuala Lumpur, which is the capital city of Malaysia. Different format today. Rather than talk about different stories of different people, we've got one person with different stories, different scenes, different parts of Kuala Lumpur. Bob Chua is going to be our guide for our journey into Kuala Lumpur today. And the reason we're working with one sound one person today is really want to try out something different. Bob's got an interesting story. He has lived all over the world, lived in Kuala Lumpur, the UK, and out in the US as well, amongst other places. And his story is like a city in itself, very much evolving. So we talk about starting in Kuala Lumpur, moving to UK, out to the west coast in the US and coming back to Kuala Lumpur some years ago. In that whole journey that encompasses his entrepreneurial adventure, raising hundreds of millions of dollars out in California, taking a company public in the UK, um, going IPO, and then coming back to Kuala Lumpur. Why does he choose to come back to KL, as the locals call it, and choose to base his company, his new project there? So. In this episode, we're going to learn about his business, which is in fashion, but also about the evolution of KL. And we're going to explore some back streets as well. And we love nothing more here on Sounds of Our City than going into the back streets of these um, destinations and learning a bit about how locals live as well. And in this one, we're going to go into the 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 world of durian and hawker stalls in the back streets of KL, eat with... Um, Bob in his favorite hawker center um, sample some of the foods there and talk about life in KL in general so if you enjoy cities local history you know personal stories human stories about journeys adventure growth then enjoy the next episode of sounds of our city heading to KL my name's Graham Brown our guest is Bob Chua coming right up So good morning, we are here in Kuala Lumpur, in the heart of the city, in KLCC Park. My name's Graham Brown, I'm joined by Bob Chua. Bob, thanks for inviting us here. Oh, no, pleasure. It's great to be here. Welcome to KL. Yeah, thanks a lot. This is a city that I've been to many times and it's changed a lot. We were just talking off air, I came here first in 95. And I'm not even sure this was here, this park. I mean, I'm not even sure when they finished that thing up there, the, the towers, but it wasn't long before I came here. Yeah. You were born in the east of Malaysia? I was born in Sabah, yeah, in East Malaysia. Oh, you're on the island? Uh, well, Sabah on Borneo, yeah, Borneo yeah, Island. I've been yeah. there. Yeah, that's beautiful. Diving out there. Yeah, absolutely. That's really wild. Was, yeah, well, I'm the wild man of Borneo, <laughs> as they call me. <laughs> but the irony is, I mean, I don't know for the listeners if you know Bok Chua, but a very fashionable man himself. He's in the world of fashion, even though you came from the wilds of Borneo. <laughs> where, where did you grow up? Um, so I grew up, well, I was born in East Malaysia. I, I spent a lot of time in the UK. I spent my childhood there. 
Yeah. And then I um, moved back to Malaysia for a bit, um, did my part of my high school. And then I moved um, to KL, I think, when I was, I don't know, 17, 18 years old. Yeah. And um, as you say, well, I was a bit windy today, but as you say, um, you know, this probably wasn't really here at that time. And um, I remember, you know, this exact spot where we were walking was a horse race track. A horse race track. And I mean, now look at it. We've got Norman Foster buildings. We've got the Four Seasons. We've got... Yeah. You know, beautiful towers. We've got some lovely restaurants around here. It's become so cosmopolitan, and um, you know, I'm, I'm so glad to be back. It's this great place uh, want when, to live. When, you, when did you first come to KL? How old were you? I think I was around. Well, I moved here, you know, in my late teens, like 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Um, did did my um, A levels, but um, you know, I've, I've obviously been here before that. But it's just developed since then. You know, since the, the 90s, the heydays, and. Uh, you know, it's never stopped growing. It's just been so, so, um, so much vibrancy and, and growth all this time. Yeah. So, this is one of my favourite parts of KL. Yeah. The park. You yeah. The park. Beautiful. The the lake here with the fountains and there's a light show usually, isn't there? In there the evening. Is, yeah. Fountains and. And it's water. a really nice place to run around as well. It is. In the morning it is. when it's yeah. not too hot. It's a lovely day today. It's quite mild, isn't it? Yeah. How do you feel here? Like, do you feel? here like you're at home here in KL when you're standing walking around because you've lived in so many different cities different yeah. time zones yeah it's funny because uh, I've lived in loads of different cities and, and name name a few so you know I grew up in, in the UK I um I I did my business school in Australia I worked in Hong Kong I worked in Seattle um, I lived in Sydney for a few years before moving back here and um you know for the past I think eight to ten years I've been mainly back in KL but um I, I do feel Malaysia is definitely home for me. And, yeah. um, but, you know, at the same time, I was in Hong Kong until last night, and, um, you know, Hong Kong feels like home to me. <laughs> Sydney feels like home to me. Yeah, you know, when is I go that a good to the thing UK, that so, you feel home everywhere? Yeah, like, then... yeah, you know, I think it's a stereotypical, you know, citizen of the world sort yeah. of thing. And, um, you know, I, I do feel that when you live in so many different parts of the world, you, you sort of get a piece of everything. And um, yeah. But, you know, I think that there's something in the soul of, of KL and, and Malaysia, but I, I definitely feel at home here, for sure. Right. It's interesting, the, the contrast, isn't it? You, your business is in the world of fashion, Blink. Mm. Yep. And a high-tech business, very much involved in high-end fashion as well. Yet, you are here in Malaysia, which isn't necessarily associated with fashion, traditionally, right. the image. But yet, you know, if you were to look back over the, the river there, so the, the lake here, just outside the KLCC Mall, you have a Louis Vuitton installation. And you can have those sort of, what you're seeing now all over Asia, those sort of signs of, you know, the emerging middle classes, young Absolutely. people with money, sure. very fashion conscious. And the first things they usually go for are those brands. I mean, obviously, on top of that, you have the Chinese tourists and sure. so on. What, what does it make sense for you to be here, especially when you're in that business of fashion? You know, I think it goes back to the story of, um, you know, how this place developed from a, a race course to what it is now. I mean, you know, look at these towers and, and look at the surroundings that where we are and, and the brands. Um, you know, 15, 20 years ago, this was like the beginning of the epicenter and, and our journey um, of bu building a, a sort of knowledge-based economy. I mean, the Twin Towers right up to Cyberjaya and Putrajaya was the brainchild of... Um, our Prime Minister, Dr. M, uh, Tin Dr. M, who was the Prime Minister at the time as well, and, and he is back in power now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he had the vision to, to move Malaysia up from a manufacturing-based economy to a knowledge-based economy, even back then. 
And, um, you know, when you look at that and the development in the past 20 years, and, you know, as you say, we're growing affluence, we're growing middle class, um, the aspiration of, of um, the Southeast Asian consumer to want to have brands like LV or BMW or Mercedes or, or what have you, you know, it's, it's, to me, I think it's a perfect place to be. It's mm. the right place, right time. And we're in the middle of, you know, 650 million consumers throughout this part of the world. Uh, it's a great place to launch a business and it's a great ecosystem, uh, great talent. Um, you know, it's not the most expensive market in this part of the world to, to, to launch a business. So I think it's, it's, a per, it's got the perfect ingredients of uh, all of those things, to be honest, to, to launch a venture. And, yeah. um, you know, we've seen some great Malaysian entrepreneurs go global from here and, uh, you know, I think there'll be many more. Away from tech and business a little bit, you say you feel at home here, but I know you feel at home everywhere. Sure. What is it about KL in particular that makes you feel welcome? What are the areas that you, where do you like to go away from business on a day-to-day -day basis? Look, I, I like the local stuff of of KL. I mean, you know, KL, you've got the hyper civilization of this. You've got, yeah. you know, the Nobu's, you've got the Norman Foster buildings, you've got all this sort of um, high-end um, Michelin star type stuff, but you know, you also have the hawker stalls, the street food, the markets, and yeah. that makes me feel at home. Where people, yeah. you know, How, why? why? Why does that make you feel at home? Because I'm curious. I don't know, because I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm Malaysian, right? And um, when, you, when you go to these sorts of things, you know, however far you go in life and, and however much you've seen, you still associate at that level. You know, that's, that's the core of being someone, you know, I think, yeah. and um, I, I really like that, and, and I enjoy that more than anything else, to be honest, yeah. and uh, Malaysia's got a good mix of that, um, you know, much more than lots, lots of other parts of Asia, so I think, you know, it's, it's got a nice balance, I think, of modern, and, and it's got, you, you definitely feel you're in Asia, that's for sure. Are we going to go there? Well, we could. <laughs> we could. Yeah, let's I think it. so. Let's do some street food. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm up for it. Let's do it. It's cool. So where are we heading? So we're going to Central Market and Chinatown. Lots of exciting stuff here. We are how many stops away now? Um, I think about five stops. So we're in KLCC and we're heading to Pasar Seni. So about five stops. Right. Okay, I'm just having a look on the map here. Do you ride the MRT much, Bob? Not too much, but um, I probably should. <laughs> Get in amongst the people. Ah, it's, a, it's a nice way to get around, I think. So from the, the high end of Kuala Lumpur, we're now at the other end of the spectrum. We've gone from outside the Louis Vuitton store to outside another Louis Vuitton store, which looks less legitimate. We're at the, uh, the gateway to Chinatown. Yep. So um, the smells here, we've got the smell of durian. Yeah, lovely. Huh? Dried fish, maybe. I think dried something, yeah. Dried something, yeah. Dead bodies. <laughs> it is very much different to Singapore Chinatown. Yep. You've got all the stores here selling the knickknacks. There you go, look, some Louis Vuitton there. Still got Louis Vuitton here. It's probably at a knockdown price as well. Quite cheap, I think. I think they've got some Gucci there as well. Maybe. He's got a Gucci t-shirt on. I should uh, sign these guys up to blink. <laughs> and we're just walking up to, it looks like the entrance to Chinatown. We've got the lanterns, the red lanterns hanging out. Yep. Um, how do you feel about this part of town, given that you come from the world of fashion and ah, look, luxury? I, I, I love it. I mean, besides that part of it, but, you know, I think this is real Malaysia, right? This yeah. is where everyone sort of transcends and, you know, you have to sort of remember where you came from. And um, 
this is real. This is ground zero of Malaysia, right? You see everyone from all walks of life here. And um, it's bustly, it's exciting, it's nice. Do you feel comfortable here? Do you feel safe here? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel much safer here than, you know, when I'm walking around London or Paris and, you know, so... No, absolutely, 100%. We're just coming up to, like, a Hello Kitty store as well, it looks like. Yeah. All the gem for 10 ringgit. No, it's lovely. I mean, look at the sounds and the smells yeah. and you know, all sorts of what stuff. What is this? Is this a... It looks like some kind of temple gate yeah. or something. This is like a gallery of um, some jewellery or something. And um, Wow, just have a poke down there. Actually, that's my friend's grandfather, the name of his street. Watch out, watch out. Bikes coming through. Yeah, so look, this is the back alleys of yeah. all the shops and markets and stuff, so you get every sort of thing. That looks there. really local. Yeah. Do you think tourists go down there? They get lost? Probably not. There's probably a few missing in there. <laughs> still, still wandering, wandering around. around a few months later. A 95 copy of Lonely Planet in their hands. Exactly. This is really cool. This is like when you come to Asia, these are the images, the back streets that you sort of look for as a tourist. That's in right. a way. Off the beaten path. Totally. You know, you can poke around, get the sounds and the, the smells. Yeah. You smell the smoke coming in now. Yeah. So this is a, I mean, a very local hawker stand here as yeah. well. Do you eat at places like this? Oh, oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I actually love the food in these sort of places, and you often get the best food in these sort of places yeah. right, for a fraction of a cost. So I love that. We'll come look for some lunch later. Yeah. What do we got hanging up here? Some duck? Got some duck, some chicken, some barbecued pork. Got a bit of everything there. Yeah, no, this is good. Ah, so we're coming up to a crossroads now where the uh, Malaysian flags are hanging out. Somebody's selling so chestnuts. Conkers. Yeah. Lovely smell. It is. And we have a, a band here playing. So we can either go on ahead or head up here. Which direction shall we turn? Let, let's go up here and then okay. um, there's some temples and some stuff. So the very southeast Asian site of the, the fruits here, which you yeah. just don't see in any part of the world, like the rambutan, the sure. mangosteens. Next to some American chilies. Yeah. <laughs> Cherries. <laughs> Do you eat these? Oh, yeah, no, I love those things. And durian? I love durian. We'll, yeah. we'll get some later for later. I tried um, durian mochi. Oh, yeah. The other day. Nice, awesome. Yeah, I'm sort of taking it in little bits, you yeah. know, like mixed with other, like ice cream. Oh, okay. I like just the durian itself. Yeah, it's not for everyone, but no, it's awesome stuff. So there's a lady here selling coconut rice yeah. in, little pack, in little bamboo leaf packets. Lovely. Yeah. Do you ever sort of come out to these places on your own just to kind of detach I, from everything? It's funny, I do actually. I, I quite like wandering around to these sort of places and sort of losing yourself. And you Yeah. Know, it's uh, one you see all sorts of different things and um, you know, it sort of brings you back down to, to reality, you know, so I, I do. Well, what do you think that is? Because you, you, you run a business which you live in the goldfish bowl a little bit. You have a yeah. public profile. You have investment. You're seeking investment constantly as any sort of expanding business. There's a lot of pressure there. And yet you'll come to a place like this, which is almost like the opposite of that world, isn't it? Well, Where it's probably why I come to a place like this, to sort of lose myself you know, and be anonymous. And yeah. um, you know, I love this sort of thing. And I think, like I said earlier, it's, it's nice to come back to, you know, remember where you've come from and, you know, should never forget that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's good to see people in business do that as well. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of focus now on about, you know, companies and service and culture. 
and a lot of it starts with the, the boss, right? The founders. Absolutely. And you know, walking the floor, literally in the old days of retail, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think besides doing this sort of stuff, you know, I love doing something really, really hard and challenging every year to just sort of, you know, feel a bit of hardship and, um, yeah. you know, to, to not I get, lo get lost in, in that sort of labyrinth of, um, you know, what's not necessarily real, right? So We've talked about Iron Man before. Well, that's one of them, yeah, absolutely. Cycling up the Alps. Cycling up the Alps and, you know, done lots of other crazy, crazy stuff. But I think you need to challenge yourself you both do. physically as well as, you know, from a entrepreneurial point of view and stuff as well. So. Take yourself to the edge a little bit to remind you what it's all about, isn't totally. it? Like, even if it's feeling pain, for example. So we've just wandered down the side street. Are we going to, you going to take us around this corner? Yeah, let's go, let's go up this corner and so see what So I just want to describe some of the, the offerings on here. We're just going to blitz by and maybe try something in a minute. Kaya roll. That's yep. a very Southeast Asian it is. dish, like isn't a, it? Like a local jam. Yeah. Which they will serve with bread in the morning, right? Yep. What else do we uh, have up here? We've got all sorts of local pancakes and some uh, barbecued stuff I here. saw something sweet now coming. Yeah, I think that's a barbecued pork. From the stuff. pork? Yeah. And you've got like a reflexology joint here, some yeah, cupping. So. Yeah, that's cool. So got Chinatown Food Center. Chinatown Food Center here. What do they, what do they have over here? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you, you get this everywhere in... Singapore, like yeah. So this is like a roti bakar and yeah, kaya and kaya toast and stuff. Nice, real local coffees. You know, really yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, I think that's a really good test, isn't it? If you can go to a city and sit and have a coffee for like a dollar. Yeah, and you know, I think that's the difference in in Malaysia or Asia in general. You see a lot of very well established people and you know, big time tycoons and stuff, but they they never leave eating, you know, in hawker stalls. They, they, they never have that part of their lives um, disappear, you know. Yeah. Which is quite nice. What have we got here? Prawn fritters. Yeah, no, they look good. They look quite oily. And there's the old guy there actually having his noodles. Noodles, yeah. What have they got behind there? It's like a... It's a little temple, a little shrine. Yeah. So, you know, amongst all these hustles and bustle. I love that. You be walking along and see yeah. a, a shrine. It's really nice. Really nice. You get a lot of that in Japan. You could be just walking along. There'd be some really high-end stores. Yeah. Tucked yeah. in between the two is like a tiny shrine. Which Absolutely. And I think the unique thing about you know Malaysia is that you get a Chinese temple next to a mosque next to a yeah a Indian temple, and you know everyone's living happily together, right? Do you, nice. do you ever go to the temples? Um, like, do you not necessarily? I mean, you know, New Year or no, not 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 really, but. You know, I think when people visit, I, I sort of bring them around and show them what it's about. Yeah. Okay, so we're reaching so back we'll to the take gate a now. Left up here and see what's yeah. on the other side. All right. So we're back by the Rambutan man. He's actually uh, spraying water on the Rambutans. Yeah. Those furry, um, well, I'm sure you could describe them in a number of different ways <laughs> spiky balls of <laughs> fruits. Yeah. yeah. Inside, there's like a soft white. Yeah, no, it's lovely actually. Fleshy fruit, which is quite nice. So, you know, here you've got all these Chinese lanterns and stuff. If you come at night, it's really nice. Is it lit up? Okay, it's cool. You've got Mr. Bean um, dolls, <laughs> football jerseys, you've got everything here. I love it. Watches. Legit stuff. Where do you think those come from, those watches? In China? 
China, Japan, who knows? Yeah, the factory store. Yep. Lovely smells. It is. Something's burning. Yeah. Well, somebody's cooking something. Oh, it's the uh, charcoal. Oh, it's the conkers. It's the chestnut. Yeah. Lovely smell. Yeah. Just mind the car coming through here. I got not get knocked down. So you can hear all the sounds of the people selling their wares, hustling. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it, isn't it? It's, it's the a hustle. hustle. And, yeah, uh, I like you that. Know, it's just so alive and uh, so vibrant, you know. And, and I think it's typical of an Asian city to have this, you know, from morning till night. Yeah. It's just so much energy. And if you look at the the stall owners as well, they're all different races and backgrounds. I mean, obviously there's oh, a lot yeah. of Chinese, but there's a lot of Indians. Yeah, you've got everything. You've got Indians, you've got the Malays, you've got Chinese, everyone you know, trading different things here. Yeah, and that's what it would have been like many years ago as well Absolutely. across Southeast Asia. That Absolutely. was the scene, wasn't it, on the street? Yeah, you get you know the different people bringing different things to, you know, the guys bringing their spices, yeah. different people bringing, you know, jewellery and tin and different sort of traders. So um, it hasn't changed that much. Not at all. But I love all that history as well, that they've come from all different parts of Asia with their exactly. different knickknacks. Yeah, absolutely. And each race had their different speciality. Totally. And then... Um, That's the nice thing about, you know, these little Asian cities. Do you like being in amongst this kind of retail, given that you are in a retail business yourself in a way? Yeah, I think um, I do. And, uh, you know, I'm always interested in how people sell stuff how they present stuff how they package things and you know that yeah. could be anywhere i go really i mean whether i go to a waitrose in the uk or go to a jc penny in the us or um you know a, a sears or, or a market here i mean it's really interesting to see how people promote their stuff and yeah you know it's just really different everywhere and oh, I, I do love it you know we live in the world of startups where yep. a lot of it is putting together that pitch deck yeah. going and hustling for investors yet yeah, I think one thing we forget is that you know entrepreneurship has been around for a long time oh they, definitely people who get up in the morning at five absolutely put out the stall and if they don't hustle they don't eat right? absolutely there's no investors here absolutely this is the real deal it is and it all boils down to you know hard work grit determination same sort of qualities right do you think you had that work ethic because this is always really you know you look at all the people who have been successful in business that work ethic has almost everything to do with it you I know mean, i think so i mean you know with, without that it's just very hard to to succeed in today's you know hyper competitive um, environment right so where did yours come from uh, usually, usually it's a family thing, isn't yeah, it? I'd Somebody. Like, I'd like to think it's from my grandfather. It may even be from my great-grandfather. What did he um, do? My great-grandfather was um, the first um, religious cleric in Penang, in fact. And, um, you know, he, he owned a small business, which allowed him to, to fund uh, education for my grandfather. And, uh -huh. You know, at that time, they were very poor, obviously. But um, being able to even speak English set you apart from everyone else. And my granddad got noticed and um, he then got scholarships to um, Shell and to Oxford and to create the Commonwealth. And he then networked with people like Prince Philip and, and all these people who developed um, the Commonwealth. And, yeah. um, you know, the rest is history. And then he started building very successful businesses and passed that sort of business acumen to my mom, my uncles and, and yeah. everyone else. And, and thankfully, I think I've got a bit of that taste for, for that sort of entrepreneurship from them. And, I think one of the main things that 
my grandfather imparted on me, you know, which is the biggest thing that I, I remember day by day is not the gift of, you know, money and inheritance or anything else, but the gift of hunger. And, um, you know, I've always lived by the mantra of being lean and hungry regardless yeah. of what it is. So um, I'm glad I, I, I have it. Definitely. I mean, how that sort of is it imprinted on you for those stories, his stories. Absolutely. You would have heard when you were a kid, right? Exactly. And maybe even you didn't grow up thinking, yeah, I'm going to do that. But it leaves an impression, doesn't oh, it? Oh, big time, big time. And I saw how hard they worked and the value of, of hard work and being shrewd and, and um, you know, the value of money and education and everything else. And I think that's really, um, you know, something that I resonated well in me and, and hopefully I'll impart to my kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Through your story through my story hopefully we'll see. yeah I hope so yeah. and you, I mean, you were saying look, we were just riding the MRT back then you were telling me about your Seattle chapter like yes. I say in your, in your story and you went to Seattle in the late 90s at the dot com you know the, the beginning of the dot com sure. era and you set up a business there and you raised how much money a lot, a lot. Um, I think um, you know, we were probably we were in the unicorn level at right. the time when we didn't even understand what a unicorn was. Right. Have uh, you got a number you can put on it? Yeah. We, we North close, of what? It was about close to 200 million. US. Um, US. Um, and, you know, we were valued at, at a billion. And um, What did that feel like? You know, it's funny because we didn't even talk about unicorn status at the time. We didn't even talk in the billions. And, you know, it happened so fast that we... It didn't get to our heads, you know. We yeah. were just um, our heads were, were down and hunkered down to, to really grow the business, and um, you know things were happening so quickly that and, and entrepreneurism wasn't like it was today, where there's so much hype. There's, you yeah. know, you put entrepreneurs on a pedestal, but before it was just all hard work, and you just you don't have time to look at the glory part of it, and which I'm thankful for. Um, but you know, it was the start really of my entrepreneurial life, and you know, I went through that venture and another venture, and, and you know, now I'm on my another yeah. venture, another chapter. So. Um, you know, I think one, one thing you asked me in, in the last uh, interview was, um, you know, why do you want to do this again? Cause, yeah, you know, I mean, that's what I want to ask you again now, just to hear it again. Because you, you had that business. You, you mean, you got to the, the, the billion-dollar status. That business obviously went through its course. Yeah. You started another business, and you listed in the UK as well. You had that's a successful right, yeah. uh, UK publicly listed company. Yeah. And now you're doing this again. Yeah. It's like, Bob, okay, like, you, you've proved your point now. <laughs> it's like okay, I'm enough. A sucker for punishment. Why, why are you going back through it again? What, what is it that drives you? Because it's not want of money, surely. No, no. You just said it's, earlier, like it's, about it's your definitely grandfather. Definitely not for the money. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I think I, I heard something the other day that sort of resonated in, in, you know, what you said to me about why am I doing this? And I thought about it, and you know, I, I think the, the, the summary of it was, um, you know, success is not about how far you've come but it's how far you can go. And that's how I look at it. Yeah. It's how far I want to go. And, you know, I did, to be honest, it's not all, it's not all high all the time, right? You go through yeah. your ups and downs almost on a daily basis. And, um, you know, I've gone through many lows as well, a lot of very tough, dark times that, you know, people don't necessarily see. Um, but that makes you stronger, obviously. But I'm at a point now where I still feel that I've got the hunger, I'm in the right place, right time. Um, I've got the experience and a bit of wisdom based on my, my previous ventures that, you know, I, I still feel that I, I want to, you know, I still feel the, the, the hunger in mm. me to do something else. And, um, you know, hopefully this will be another success. So we'll see. Yeah, I hope so as well. I mean, the early stages are looking good. 
I hope so. Yeah. You know, nothing's guaranteed, but, um, you know, well, we'll, that, uh, that's the fun, though. That's right? what Jeff Bezos said in 97. Is that right? Is today. Look at him yeah. now. He's he done all right. Absolutely. So, you know, I think it's, it's good to keep your head down, but um, also be humble and, and uh, have a humility. And coming here as well helps ground yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's, no, it's not just it's a, an exercise to. It like zoo tourism. You're, you're no. coming here really just to kind of reconnect as well. And just, Absolutely. I find that just dealing with the stress of running a business and Absolutely. the expectations coming here, not just to get away from it all, but just to remind yourself that at the end of the day, like this, this is still is smelling here. Smelling the roses. Yeah. Isn't yeah. yeah. Taking so. it in. You're enjoying this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Big Talking time. of which, I think maybe we'll go and get some food and. We'll yeah. Let's do that. You guys take seem a, hungry. Yeah. We okay. definitely are. You, you've definitely wet our appetites. All right. All right, so we've had a really good lunch. Thanks a lot for that, oh, Bob. Pleasure. What did we have? Just a quick reminder. What didn't we have? We had yeah. a bit of egg, a bit of meat, some chicken, some fried rice. Yeah. Good stuff. Street They're food. very local place as well. Yeah, that's good. And we're just uh, now up at Central Market, standing underneath the cool breeze coming from the the mist here because yep. it's a hot day. It's a bit of a humid day. It's quite warm. And uh, just outside Pasasini, and the uh, you used to come here when you were a kid or um, much younger. Yeah, no, I think when I was a teenager. Um, you know, I came to KL about I don't know when I was about seventeen or eighteen to do my um, to do my A levels, and um, you know, I used to walk around here with my friends and go watch a movie and do all sorts of stuff so this is like coming back home for me it is how has it changed since then it hasn't changed that much I mean it's still bustly which is quite cool and um, yeah it brings back a lot of memories yeah, yeah. good memories yeah good memories yeah and what were you like I mean just curious as a teenager were you an ambitious entrepreneur with plans or what I think retrospectively I think I always had my eye on entrepreneurship yeah um, even back then even back then I always had that sort of fire in my belly um, and um you know, I don't think I was the most studious. Uh, I don't think I ever studied that hard, but fortunately, I got through. I scraped You've through. You've gone through. Got through. Um, you know, I try not to tell my kids that, you know. <laughs> it's on record now. But, um, did, yeah. your, did your mum have plans for you? Did your mum have grand designs like you were going to be like your grandfather? I, I think or? my family probably had, had plans with most Asian families. You know, they sort of want you to continue the, yeah. the family thing. But, um, but often they want to send you into like a profession, don't they? Like a safe job, like a doctor or... Yeah, I don't know. A lot, a lot of the Asian sort of families want to keep you in the, in the business and, yeah. and keep the family business going but you know I think I always had my own ideas and wanted to build my own my own name so uh, that's what I did so did they actually position you to take over the family business were I you the oldest were, son there were hints of that yeah, yeah there were hints of that but, and uh, how did you have that conversation that that wasn't going to happen and you were going to go and do your own thing I, I think the fact that I um, did computing and um, you know I, I sort of branched out in both computer engineering and then business um Sort of, you know, sort of told them that I was going to try and do my own thing, and unfortunately, it was a dot-com boom, and I, I went on to Hong right. Kong and did my own thing and, and never turned back. So, yeah. Um, but you know, hopefully, they're proud of what I've done. So. So, yeah. what did you get up to when you were seventeen, walking around here as a, um, a young? Look, I was always pretty sensible, but you know, I had uh, this is sort of the epicenter of this part of KL, and um, you know, but it's Central Market or. or um, Stalling Street where we were earlier on, uh, Kotaraya, this was like the place to hang out when you didn't have much money. And, yeah. uh, you know, I used to come watch movies here and uh, hang out with my friends because it's air-conditioned and, yeah, um, we spent a lot of time around here. When you were 17, thinking forward now to where you are, 
like did you ever think because you were, you were on the, the cusp of leaving and going and traveling the world or had your eye on the world did yeah. you ever think you would end up back here no um, I, I didn't really think I had much you know thinking about my journey at the time uh, I knew I wanted to get further and further and, and you know, go and explore and travel and do all that sort of stuff um, but you know sort of come full circle and you know, coming back to Malaysia I think it's really um, been quite eye-opening but I think uh, it's been one of the best decisions I made as well I think yeah. starting a business here has, has been great and um, you know right now I'm, I'm happy where I am yeah, yeah. Uh, what is that because for me for my journey I grew up in a small provincial town in England yeah. and there, there are plenty of those yeah I know where you grew up yeah Portsmouth <laughs> put it out there so I grew up in a place where all I could think about as a 17 year old like you was getting out right. I had to get out I had to go and see the bigger world and even if that was going to London or you know eventually going to Japan I knew that there was something bigger out there for me and like a bit of adventure sure. but Absolutely. like now I live in Singapore in a sense it's a bit of a homecoming well, the world's like, come to you yeah in a way <laughs> it has I mean you know we've got everything here and uh, I think the epicenter of the world in terms of entrepreneurship at least uh, it's not necessarily Silicon Valley anymore it's not necessarily Shanghai but it's Southeast Asia I think we're in the right place right time do you see that on the street or the people that you talk to I mean how has that changed since you, you've been back here eight years now right? yeah in um, that time are you noticing people like the way they talk the young people how they think about business Definitely. I think, you know, the, the young people aspire to want to be entrepreneurs. They want to, you know, get into a fintech thing versus a bank. They want to start a dot-com versus get into a corporate. You know, I think times have changed. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think parents are, are getting a nightmare of spending, you know, tons on education and stuff for the kids to come back in a startup. But that's just how it is now. Um, and, you know, I think when we look at these petty traders to, to big retail, you're seeing everyone on, on cashless uh, e-payments and, yeah. um, you know, all sorts of other things. So I think um, you know, times have definitely changed for the better. You've been listening to Sounds of Our City. My name is Graham Brown. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode, a walk through another city in Asia, as told through the stories of local people. We're just getting started. Hopefully you can join us on this journey with Sounds of Our City. Head over to www.soundsofourcity.com. That's Sounds of Our city.com sign up for our newsletter get all the latest episodes when we publish them before they go public and also get exclusive content when we publish behind the scenes content from our journey through asia and lastly we will be heading to cities around asia get a heads up on when we will be heading to a city near you at some point my name's graham brown head over to sounds of our city sign up for us on all the usual podcast platforms spotify itunes soundcloud etc all the links are on soundsofourcity.com. of our